0: If you have a Bible, you might like to turn to John chapter 6. I'm going to read from that eventually. <coughs> I'm going to read from other places as well. But you might like to have that open, John chapter 6. Uh, if you're regularly here, then you'll know we did this um, journey through Ecclesiastes, which is a book I came to really quite enjoy. I'm not sure that's the right word, but anyway. Um, and it was about the teacher, and now we're looking at The teacher. So we're looking at a little bit about Jesus' life and how maybe if we live like him, our hearts would be like him. And so this week we come to a talk titled The Pure Heart. And in his book, Just Like Jesus, which is where I've got the idea for this series from, Max Ricardo invites us to think of our heart as a greenhouse. Well, you know that I am no gardener, but I did once buy a greenhouse for my mother's birthday present. Actually, when I read that, it sounds like I'm slightly more generous than I really am because it was me, my brother and my sister bought a greenhouse for my mother. Anyhow, my mum enjoys a bit of gardening. She particularly enjoys growing vegetables and fruit. Um, she doesn't grow much, but she wanted a small greenhouse simply because that is the best place to grow things, allegedly. Greenhouse is designed to create the best environment for plants, fruit or vegetables to grow in. I once had to replace the special little window opening mechanism which is really clever because it automatically opens the window or closes it depending on the temperature. You're not looking very convinced but it does. It's got wax in it or something and it expands in the heat so it opens the window and contracts in the cold so it closes the window and I'm thinking if it can do that on its own I'm going to mess this up but all I had to do was screw it to the frame and it was fine. Apparently it works. So it helps to keep the greenhouse exactly at the temperature you want to provide the best atmosphere to grow the stuff you want to grow. My mum only wants to grow a few things like cucumber, tomatoes, strawberries, potatoes. Just that kind of stuff. Imagine my surprise and shock one day if I saw her collecting dandelion seeds and planting them in her greenhouse. I would ask her why she is collecting weeds and planting them. Why would she do that? Imagine if she answered, well I'd really like to grow cucumbers, tomatoes, strawberries and potatoes but those seeds are really expensive and I can just go out and pick dandelion seeds because there's loads of them. I would be slightly worried about my mother. She knows you can't grow cucumbers, tomatoes, strawberries or potatoes from dandelion seeds but she takes the easy option. She's only setting herself up to be hugely disappointed Because she knows you only reap what you sow. My mother's greenhouse was a gift in which to grow things, good things. But you have to guard a greenhouse and manage it well. Perhaps your heart really is like a greenhouse. It too is a gift from your heavenly father it is a generous and loving gift and one perfectly suited for growing but your heart like any greenhouse has to be managed proverbs 4:23 says this above all else guard your heart For it is the wellspring of life. Other versions translate it this way. Above all else, God, your heart, for everything you do, flows from it. The message version. Be vigilant, keep watch over your heart. That's where life starts. If our heart's like a greenhouse, then the seeds we sow are our thoughts. Proverbs uh, Proverbs 4.23, the contemporary English version translation, is this. Be careful what you think, because your thoughts run your life. Be careful what you think, because your thoughts run your life. Friends, it seems that we must be careful what we allow into our hearts, Because what we allow into our hearts determines how we live. I find the New Living Translation particularly honest and challenging. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. We've got a lot of people away at the moment. A lot of people have gone on holiday because exams are finished. If you're going away, you don't just let anyone stay in your house, do you? You wouldn't want to come home and find your house trashed or that everything you owned had been stolen. You would take great care to make sure your house is protected. The Bible, it seems, encourages us, implores us even, to do the same with our hearts. Above all else, guard your heart For it is the wellspring of life. So how is your heart this morning? 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. You'll know these words well. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around you like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. How well do you guard your heart, I wonder? When anger shows up at the door of our hearts, how often do we let him in? When revenge needs a place to stay, how often do we pull up a chair? When pity throws a party, how often do we let him have the kitchen? When lust rings the bell, how often are we deceived? We must stand watch over our mind. Jesus did, he stubbornly guarded the gateway to his heart. John chapter 6, beginning to read verse 1. You'll know this story well. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread to, to eat, for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, He would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough food to have everyone have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. "Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. What an attractive thought to be made king. But Jesus understood that that was not good, so he resisted the thought of it and withdrew. When Jesus begins to explain about his impending death at the hands of the priests and the teachers of the law, Peter challenges him. Matthew 16, 22. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus' response was immediate and decisive. Verse 23. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You have no idea how God works. Jesus took God of his heart, and if he did, surely we would do well to follow his example. So, how is your heart this morning? How are you doing at standing guard over your heart? Your Heavenly Father longs for you to have a heart that is fertile and fruitful. Psalm 95 verse 8. Today, today, just so that you know, that means now, in these moments, today, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Today. This morning. In this thing we call Crawley Baptist Church, right now in these moments, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Keep it soft. How's your heart? If we are to guard our hearts, then it seems to me we must do what Jesus did. Paul explains it this way. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The message translation of 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 is this. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. I think that's lovely. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought, emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ I have to be honest with you friends uh, when I opened this little book and started to read around this, my heart sank because in my most honest moments, this is my biggest struggle and there are many things I don't particularly feel qualified to preach about but this, this would be top of the list For all sorts of reasons, my mind is the biggest battlefield in my life. For for me, it is a constant, tiring, sometimes crippling and debilitating war. And I know that this this battle that's going on has has a significant contribution to the place I find myself in at the moment. I get help, because it seemed to me the most honest thing I could do this morning, is to share with you right now how I am... Trying to guard my heart above all things. So one of my struggles is, that, is around how I see myself and how God sees me. And I'm hoping this is a God incident because otherwise it's all going to fall apart from here on in. It so happened that last week the guy that I go and see had asked me to do something in order to do this battle is exactly what i'm doing with him and i wrote a letter from my heavenly father to me about what he really thinks in order to challenge the thoughts that i have to take captive I have to take those thoughts captive it is a constant battle but i do i have to do it to guard my heart so that i can live in growth and fruitfulness so i hope this is going to be okay but i'm going to read you my letter dear ian i've been wanting to write for you to you for such a long time i have written to you before and you've read lots of what i've written All of that still stands, all of it, absolutely all of it. But I wanted to write this to you, especially to you. You see, Ian, you have been so close to my heart that I want to tell you again what I think of you because I watch you struggle and I want you to know the truth. So this is from me to you, from dad to son. Firstly... I want to tell you that I look at you and think you are fantastic. I love the way you think and the way you speak. I love the way you are with people. I love that you want people to know me the way you really want to know me. I love your heart, even though sometimes you hide it. But more than that, I want to tell you, you are already good enough in my eyes. It breaks my heart when I watch you working so hard to be better than you are because you think you're not good enough for me. Well, Ian, that's just not true. You are good enough. Absolutely good enough. More than good enough. You don't need to do anything to impress me. I'm already impressed. No, really, I am. You have nothing to prove to me. You are my son, my beloved son my wonderful, precious, fabulous son. That's enough for me. Always enough. Secondly, I want to tell you that I know you better than you think I do, which for you, Ian, is a really, really good thing. My heart breaks when I see you wrestling with the thought that somehow you're a failure, that somehow everyone is better than you, that somehow your best will never be good enough my heart breaks when I see you exhaust yourself by thinking that if others knew what you were really like, they wouldn't like you when I watch you shrink from others because you always think they're better than you Ian, I know you I really know you I know you in your best moments and I know you in your worst moments and you know what? I think you're great I never for a moment compare you with anyone why would I? You are mine and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I love you. And I love you right now in these moments. Yes. Right now, Ian. Thirdly, Ian, I want to tell you that I'm not really interested in what you achieve or the things you accumulate. Don't get me wrong. I want to see you thrive. That's what I long for. But for me, much more important than achievement is the person you are becoming. And the person you are becoming because we are doing this thing called life together. I would love to do more of that with you Ian. I would love for you to let me in on your stuff. I would love for you to ask me to help you. I would love for you to invite me into the things that you are doing or the things you are thinking. I would love for you to tell me what's on your heart. Not the things you think will impress me but the things that really make you tick. The things you feel most deeply. The things that trouble you most deeply. The things that concern you and worry you most deeply. The things you most long would change. You know, I long to help you and support you and encourage you and guide you. I would love that. Absolutely love that. And that you will achieve some things along the way is great. But what brings me most joy is walking through the mess together. You and me, father and son, me and my boy. Fourthly, Ian, I want to say I see you. I really see you. I see how hard you try. I see your heart. I see how you are so afraid of failing, Ian. I am deeply, deeply sorry for the things in your life that have caused you to think the way you do. I realise that the choice to think differently is so very, very hard. I'm deeply sorry for the loss of your dad when you were so young and the devastating effect it's had on you. Ian, I feel that pain. I understand the effect of that pain. I understand how the pain causes you still to struggle. I love you, Ian. I love you too much to leave you in that place. I long for you to bring me that pain so we can walk together into the future I long for you to become all that you can become I long for you to be all that you can be I long for you to reach the potential that I have placed in your heart I long for you to live well even in the world with all its pain I long for you to be free to enjoy life now and in the days to come Ian, i know that sometimes you think that i'm not interested in you that i'm far more interested in others i know you sometimes think i only want to bless others ian Ian, i want to say this gently but firmly you are wrong you are so very wrong so very very wrong Ian, I know how your heart has been bashed and hurt, and I know that makes it difficult for you to see me, but I am here, really here, as close as the air we breathe, always, every day, in everything. I would love for you to open your heart to all I am. I would love for you to look and see me, to see me. I would love for you to rest in me. I would love for you to give up trying. And let me be with you. Ian, I know you think that eventually you wreck everything. But Ian, we have a wonderful future ahead together. There is nothing for you to fear. I would love the opportunity to walk with you into the future. Oh, the things that we could do together. Oh, the things that we might learn together. Oh, the places we might go together. Ian, lastly, I want to say that I see the hard time you're going through right now. I do. I really do. And my heart goes out to you. What you don't see is that you are surrounded by my great, immense, and magnificent love. But I am longing for the moment when you do see and you do know. Then you will be free. Ian, my love for you is unlimited, unbridled, unrelenting. I will recklessly pursue you until I am found by you. I am not going anywhere. You are far too precious for that. I love you furiously, and I always will, whatever you think. He and I am really looking forward to getting together. I hope it's soon, real soon. Dad. I leave you with a challenge your story is not my story but above all else friends guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life I pray that I might have a soft heart to hear all that God says and maybe maybe you could you could write a letter from your heavenly Father to you with the truth about you. Friends, guard your heart above all else for it is the wellspring of life. Amen. Amen.